Welcome to the Greg Allen Podcast. Thanks for joining us where we talk about life. I truly believe that everyone has a story to tell and a lesson to teach. And that's what this show is all about. So if you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave us a review. It helps us connect, inspire and help more people like you. And I just want to do a big shout out to you for taking the time to grow and improve. So good on you. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in life. Hey everyone, welcome to Electrician Success Academy's podcast. We're here with Mel Thornton today from Soar Business Development and I'm excited to be talking to Mel because she specializes in getting new clients, retaining clients and growing your business. So thanks so much for joining us, Mel. Super excited to be here. Thanks. No worries at all. All right. So tell us a little bit about what you do at Soar Business Development, Mel. Yeah. So I created this company um, heading on 12 months ago now to help small business owners be able to uh, lead generate effectively, uh, convert their clients and then retain their clients, which is really exciting. And I can actually do that work for them or I can train them on how to do that. Um, so that's what we do here at Soul. Awesome. Yeah. So we would just say just diving into uh, the biggest challenges that people have in terms of those few things that you're talking about there. Yeah. So lead generation is always a big one and a lot of small business owners struggle with that. You know, you've got some marketing you can do that can generate some leads, but the biggest um, fear I think I encounter with small business owners is how to pick up the phone and, and talk to someone for the first time. And um, a lot of people find that really uncomfortable, really yeah. awkward, creating a relationship out of nothing. So, um, you know, I, I work with them around different phrasing and, and different ways to ask questions that get you what you need and develop a relationship at the same time. Um, and then outside of that, especially when I'm working with trade business owners, um, I tend to find that client retention becomes a big issue. So they're great at what they do and they're, they're fantastic at the service they provide and sometimes not so great at keeping in contact with the client afterwards to continue the relationship. Get too busy. That's the case. But, you know, <laughs> there's some pretty simple things that you can do to keep in touch with someone that um, don't take a lot of time out of your week, especially if you schedule for it. Um, I'm a big planner, so I'm all for planning for success. And um, if you schedule those little activities in, your business can escalate very quickly. Yeah, everyone will know that's in the academy, how much I talk about make sure you schedule it in because it won't happen <laughs> if you don't. Yeah. We're going to get along just fine then. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So give me a bit of a rundown of like how you got to where you are now. So what's, yes. how did you get into this? It's a, a long and windy road and, and I'm happy to start at the beginning. I like to tell a story, so bear with me here, cool. guys. For sure. Um, so I started many, many years ago as a tradesperson myself. I did an apprenticeship as a jeweler and went right through that apprenticeship and loved it, loved being on the tools, loved working with my hands, but I found it to be a little bit lonely. I missed people a lot. So if you've had anything to do with that type of workshop, you just work alone and your own in a little bench and um, discovered that I really loved people. So once I finished my apprenticeship, I started to search out jobs that would put me in front of people. And that sort of led to sales pretty naturally and mm. started working in various sales roles and that developed into business development type roles, which is more relationship building for longevity. Um, from there, I've done a few different things. I've owned a real estate agency for quite some years, which was lots of fun. Um, at our biggest, we were two offices and 16 staff, I think, which was um, a fun adventure yeah. and sold that a couple of years ago. 
did a few more BDM type roles and was working a lot with small business owners. And, and I would often get the question, oh, all the, the phrase, I wish we could have someone like you in our business, but we just can't afford it. Oh, it would be so good to have someone like you in our business, but we just couldn't couldn't manage it. Um, because you have these small business owners that are wearing so many hats. They're expected to be, you know, a, a figures person and a bookwork person and they're doing their job as well and they've got to lead generate and sell and, you know, they're doing all the jobs. So I created a business model where I was able to um, help small business owners on short-term contract basis to um, either train them how to do what I do or do it for them um, so that they can focus on what they do best. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah. and, and before this talk, we are talking about how you've helped a lot of trade businesses. So I'd love to hear a story maybe around how, like what a before and after, if you've got a before and after example of someone who, you know, the situation, how hard it was for them. And then by doing the right things now, as a result of doing these things, they've uh, developed into a, you know, a happy ending. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a plumber that I was working with, so um, it's probably the the best trade story that I can share with you. Sure, if you're, sounds you're good. Happy to yeah, change trades for just a minute. Definitely. Um, so I was working with him, and uh, he was having his business wasn't going badly by any stretch. He was still getting business. Things were ticking over. He just wasn't growing at any any big rate, um, and he was frustrated. So we we looked into sort of some different things. And when he came to me, he was very focused on, oh, I need new leads. I need you know, a flow of leads coming in, got to look, that's what I've got to work on. I've got to get all these new leads. And and initially that was probably correct in how we needed to look at it. But what we did is we we scaled it back. We did some training. The, the biggest weakness that I found for him was that um, when he went to pitch for business, he was pitching based on price. So he'd go in, you know, someone would need something done. Um, there'd be him and, you know, one or two other plumbers that had turned up to price the job. He'd price it really leanly so that he wins it. He'd do the job. He'd do a really great job. They were really happy. He'd walk away never contact them again and hope that down the track they might call him back if they needed something else. Um, working with him, I, I sort of um, helped him to realise that what he was doing was losing a huge opportunity in that. So if you develop a relationship with someone and you start to build some trust and um, some, some, I guess, integration outside of what you can do for them professionally, then they start to want to talk to you and, and you do the job and it's a great job and they're really pleased with that. And then you continue to build that relationship and you touch base with them every month or two and you just have a general chit-chat, doesn't have to be about work. They start to see you as a friend and an advisor in your space. And, you know, six months from there when their neighbour needs work done, it's not just, oh, I had some guy who did some work and he was good, oh, but I can't think of his name. It becomes, oh, my friend Rob is a great plumber. He's done work for us. Here's his number. Because you then have become that trusted advisor and that trusted friend so instead of you having to go out and look for these leads they're now coming to you because these people remember who you are they're using you again and they're telling your friends about you um so that's what we did and and i taught him some really simple ways to continue those conversations and his business grew dramatically very very quickly um which was really awesome and it becomes like a snowball so it starts with a few clients and then you're looking after those clients well and building relationships so that gets bigger and um, and business can escalate very quickly from such a simple thing. You're really not having to work too much harder by any stretch. It's just being friendly to people and remembering to continue a relationship. Yeah, great. Well, I'd love to dive into some tips that you can provide 
uh, around what you, some things that you did with him to help him understand what to do next. So how to yeah. how to get that end result that he got? That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the biggest ones is asking questions. So when you guys go in to to speak with someone and quote up a job, you often and I, I'm saying this in a very general sense. So I'm hoping you guys might be a little more refined on that. But um, this is my experience with tradies. They often go in asking a whole lot of questions about the job itself. So you know. Where are we looking at? What do you want done? What have you had done before? What's the age of the house? You know, those sorts of questions and get very focused on asking questions specific to the job. Um, and you forget that you're actually generally talking to a person who's real and <laughs> has a life and um, isn't, you know, completely focused on electrical work all of the time. Um, so sometimes it's just integrating really simple questions, you know, do you have kids? Have you lived here long? What do you do as a job? You know, some really basic sort of questions and pay attention to their answers. So make sure that, you know, two kids, you know, they've got two kids, one's at school, one's starting kindy next January. So, you know, you pay attention to those things. If you can manage to jot them down on a little notepad when they turn their back or something, then that's awesome. So I always say to my clients, drop all of that information somewhere because you won't remember it. Um, so even if it's you can't you can't stop while you're talking to them and make those notes, as soon as you sit in your truck at, after you've been in for the quote, jot it all down, you know, in their, in their little client notes there. Um, and that gives you some great basis to continue conversations with. So you now know that John's got two kids, one starts kindy next year, he loves coffee, um, and play soccer on the weekend. So yep. you've got a pretty good bio on this guy to to then be able to continue conversations. So, um, you know, you, you pitch for the work whilst continuing to ask him questions and, and you're building your profile on this guy. And then from there, what you do is you you win the work, obviously, because you're great at what you do and you've priced it relatively well. Um, so you win the job. You do the job. You do a great job. Whilst you're there, you continue to ask questions. I find the best way to build rapport with someone is to ask questions. They don't I, – I have a, a great quote I use from Theodore Roosevelt all the time. No one knows <clears> – sorry, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And the best way that you can show how much you care is to be interested in someone. So just ask questions and ask lots of them and pay attention to the answers outside of the work you're doing with them. Um, and then from there, what I've what I've done with my clients is help them schedule or set out a plan for when they're going to contact these people again. So um, I say to my clients that you should have maybe three hours a week, two or three hours a week that you set aside just to be on the phone to pass clients. And you just make a string of phone calls based on the notes that you have. So it might be that, you know, two months down the track, you pick up the phone and say, hey, John, just touching base. It's you know, Luke here from Electric Plus, um, just touching base. I knew soccer season kicked off and I just wanted to see how your team fared in the first couple of games. Yeah. Um, and you've now, you're not pitching for business. You're not asking, does he want electrical work? You're showing that you paid attention to the fact that he played soccer on the weekend and you're interested in his life. And he goes, huh, this guy's interested in me. Yeah, season was great. It's great to talk to you again, buddy. Good to hear from you. You have a bit of a chat for a couple of minutes. You hang up the phone, jot a little note in against his name and know to call back in two months' time to ask how his daughter's starting school. Um, and you start to then become a friend who's interested in his life as opposed to someone who just wants his business all the time. And it's really, really simple things. They're not costing you money to do those things. 
it's purely just contacting someone and making them feel like they're important because you've paid attention to them. Um, and then they start to, uh, to want to interact with you a lot more. Yeah. Oh, you've said so many good things and now I just want to come back and just... (laughs) Sorry, I have a tendency just to... No, no, really good. I really love what you said. Um, So the couple of things that... um, Let's start on what you just said about keeping keeping up to date. I know a lot of electricians out there and like a lot of business owners, you get overwhelmed. You've got so much to do. So do you have any recommendations of how to keep track of these conversations? Um, Have a good CRM. Yep. Make sure you're running a a decent CRM and, you know, you can create your own CRM out of nothing if you're not currently using one. Although I know most tradespeople are using things like Tradeify and, you know, all sorts of things like that now that have the capacity to keep client notes. So just keep a running log in your client notes of things you've found out about someone, um, little snippets that might help you, things they like, things they've done um, that you can potentially use in a conversation down the track. Yep, so for all the academy guys, that all the members, we we teach how to use Asana for task management. So, um, right. yeah, so we use it in conjunction with something like Simpro or ServiceMade, Tradeify, whatever the job management system is. But for tasks, when it comes to being able to be reminded and systemize your approach to following up with all your clients, this is where your custom fields come really important. So what calls do I have today? You know, and it you, doesn't take you long to make a couple of calls while you're driving around. So using a signer for this and those notes after the job and having it in there is what you want to be doing. So thanks for that. Um, with the questioning side of things, like the academy guys will also know how much I talk about this, and it's awesome that you are saying the same thing. So I, I love I love being around people as well and and having these really strong conversations which which empowers the other person makes them feel important like you were talking about um Mm -hmm. one of my favorite books is how to win friends and influence people i'm sure you've read that one yeah Yeah. um so you know when it comes one of my favorite activities to do is even with your wife or your uh, friend or your partner or whoever is just to do five minutes to ten minutes of purely questioning like question with the intention of asking another question after and it's and it's profound the feeling you'll they'll feel from you being so interested in them because we find we often go into this uh most people will go ask a question and then they think they answer the question to themselves and start thinking about themselves so when Mm -hmm. you're thinking about yourself you're not thinking about them anymore and so you're just waiting to talk to them about what you did and it becomes all about you, which is what they don't want to hear. So, so when you just said question and think about another question, I just love that you said that. And um, this, this activity is really powerful to practice because I encourage my staff and all the academy guys, when you're on site, it's ask a question and while they're talking, develop another question around what they're saying and they'll feel that you, because not many people listen anymore, don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's, it's all about, you know, just uh, thinking about what they're going to say next, you know. And uh, so, it's, yeah, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. And so, they'll often lead you to the next question too. So if you're actually paying attention to what they're telling you, there'll be a really natural question in whatever they've just told you, you know. Oh, I play soccer on a weekend. That's my thing. Awesome. What team do you play for? Yeah. 
Yeah, great. What position? There are so many lead-on questions that mean you don't have to get in and talk about yourself. You can just continue this conversation going, finding out about this person. Um, And I find, and and I'm sure that this has been your experience too, that once you start to do that and, and they're really enjoying talking to you in that sense, your value becomes far less about the price and far more about the relationship. And and so I always say to my clients, if you're good at building a relationship with someone, you're able to charge at the higher end of the, the, the form here. It's not about competing on price anymore because you've taken yourself outside of that competition and, and you now have an individual relationship with this person and they're beginning to trust you and, and they're beginning to really like you and they want to do business with you because you want to do business with them. Yeah. And that's a really simple human psychology thing that, um, that becomes the case. So with all of my clients, I encourage them to charge higher prices because they can, they're great at what they do and they should be charging higher prices. Um, and if you, you take those few simple steps to, to show interest and build a, build a budding relationship with someone, then it's far less about the price and far more about the value you can bring. Yep, totally. I've got a personal example around that exact thing. So when we moved to Byron, we had three removalist companies come out and quote. Um, so mm-hmm. actually we had we asked for like five. Two sent us an email back saying, can you just fill out this form of all your contents and we'll give you a quote. So that was, no, like, that was like, <laughs> why would I want to do that? That's, you know, that's my time. that I. So you want me to work for you? Yeah, I'll get it. So the other three came out. So the, of the three, it was so interesting because we had um, – the three companies was Grace, Kent, and another one I can't remember. But they come out, and uh, the the representatives come out. Um, the two that we didn't choose were much cheaper than the one we did choose, and the the one we did choose, they came across like they weren't going to stuff up the job. You know, yeah. even though it was more expensive, this was all of our stuff. This is our belongings. This is you know our life. They're moving. And same with when we get someone out to do an electrical job, you, this is their, your home that you're drilling into. It's your home that you're you know, putting new wires in. It's their safety of their family. So they want to choose someone who they really connect with. And the person that came out and we chose the most expensive, but they really took the time to ask a lot of questions. They took the time to follow up as well. They were the only mm-hmm. ones that followed up. Um, and we hadn't quite made our minds up you know, oh, but it's like it's an extra two grand or whatever. And uh, we hadn't quite made our minds up, but they kept following up and they kept connecting like you're saying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the end, like we just, we were busy people. And this is what I think a lot of electrical contractors don't realize is people are busy. So when you submit your quote, it doesn't mean it's, if they didn't call you back, it's not your job. It's just, they got busy with other life things and they might not have made a decision yet. So that follow up is, is critical and um, understanding all those things like making those initial connections and, and making those notes about those people. Yeah, so powerful. Yeah, such good tips. Absolutely. And and so important, everything you've just said, you know, obviously I, I said it just before and I'll say it again, you and I are obviously very like-minded with this sort of stuff and it is so important and following up is really important too but i'm i'm a huge advocate of not selling to people and i think if you do you do your job right and build a relationship 
and you're great at what you do, you don't ever need to sell to someone in that sense. Um, so when you're doing that follow-up, it's more, hey, I know you said you had a really busy week. What can I do to make this process easier for you? Mm. Um, you know, here's a, if you do want to move ahead, I can make it really simple for you because I know you're really time poor. And, um, you know, it's it's having those sorts of conversations with people where you're acknowledging what they've told you previously. You're, you're acknowledging the fact that, they are crazy busy and they're juggling 10 things at the moment. And you know what? I want to help you with that. So what what can I do to make this process easier for you? Yeah, awesome. Or well, what questions really? do you have? Or, you know, can I can you explain those things? Why were, you know, what was the other quotes look like? You know, oh, they haven't even got back to me yet. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's awesome. So do you have fun? Like, I just want to see how alike you are to me. Yeah. Do you have fun doing that chain of questioning? Like I, I love it. Yeah, I really enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's why I build a whole business around that sort yeah. of stuff. I, I love it. I absolutely it floats my boat. Um, and I love hearing people's stories. I love learning about yeah. all sorts of people, and and it's why I like working in a role where I'm exposed to such a huge cross section of different people. And all of your your um guys out there, guys and girls in this success academy, would be the same. They're they're meeting with you know real estate agents. They're meeting with homeowners who are every walk of life and they might be meeting with a developer and you know such extraordinary cross-section of people to have these conversations with and you can learn so much and add so much value to your own life learning about all of these people and what their histories are and what they do and who their families are and it, it's quite an amazing thing yeah i definitely come in with the approach uh of i'm a student of everyone and even it doesn't matter what they do like they could be a, a cashier at McDonald's, and I truly believe I can learn something from them. I, I go into that conversation, like I don't look at them and go, oh, you work at McDonald's, so let me teach you how to get a proper job. Like I, I go, what can I learn from this person? And I'll, I'll deconstruct the, them and try and figure out. But in that process, they feel really valued. And it's not me telling them, you know, this is, you know, I run a successful business. I'll tell you how to build a business. Like I just don't feel that's the way to... to you know, engage with someone and, and go into a conversation. And um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and it, it's about mindset in that too. So, you know, you and I have that mindset, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily come natural to, to other people. And, and I get that too. And a lot of my clients, they're really uncomfortable in that space, you know, questioning people and, and opening them, opening themselves up to do that is, is a really daunting thing. So um, I always sort of say, if, you, if you're sitting in the car before you go in to have that first conversation with someone, so naturally it's where my mind automatically goes either, but as well, but remind themselves that, you know, this is exciting. I get the opportunity to learn something about someone here and pitch for some business. Mm. Um, if you've got a solution that might suit them. But how awesome that I get to go now for the next 10 minutes and learn about this person um, or find out their history or find out their story. And if you start thinking about that, and, and I'm a big advocate of, you know, doing the same six things a thousand times as opposed to a thousand things six times. So if you keep practicing this, you sit there before an appointment and you remind yourself, oh, great, this is really awesome. I get to go and meet this person and learn about them and you remind yourself that before every appointment, then, you know, three, four months down the track, you don't have to remind yourself about that anymore. You just get excited to go and learn about someone. So even if it's not natural for you to feel that way, you can teach yourself how to be that way. 
Yes, I've just, I've just had a, a big bubble in my mind while you were saying those things around a couple of experiences I've had in where someone else, they dictated how the conversation went. So I used to do a lot of pitching to real estate agents and yep. the property managers specifically. And while I was trying to develop these skills, I found I used to analyze how the conversations went and how the meetings went. And, you know, I do all of the, I teach a process in the academy called the Magic Wizard Sales Method. I've come up with the name while I was doing the course for the first time and I haven't been able to change it. But um, <laughs> I, the reason I call it that is because when you do the process, it's, it's quite magical. Um, but it's, it's about those, when you're sitting around a table, what we find people will do, they'll come in and they'll be invited, a little bit intimidated, a little bit nervous. You sit down and they say, so tell us about yourself. Boom, they've already owned the conversation. They're in, they're in the hot seat now and they're questioning you. You want to do everything you can to flip it and you want to be the one questioning. Do you agree? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you want, to be quest you want to be the one asking them because that's how they feel valuable. But if you're, mm -hmm. otherwise they're forcing you into talking about yourself and no one wants to hear you talk about yourself. So it's a, it's a bit of a paradoxical sort of thing. Um, but yes, yeah, something I, I remember walking out and going, damn it, like they just kept asking me and I couldn't flip it. And like I just talked about myself the whole time and walked away with no connection. They didn't feel yep. like, you know, they didn't feel valued because I didn't ask them about anything because they just sort of asked a bunch of questions. How much do you charge? You know, where's, what do you service? What are your services? Um, how long does it take to do a quote? Okay, no worries. Thanks for coming in anyway. See you later. <laughs> like, whoa, that was intense. So I'm sure a lot of people would have the same experience. Absolutely. And so there's, there's really simple techniques to learn, like, you know, um, and it, it's just a way of phrasing something. So the other thing that I, I talk to with my clients when we work in this space is that if they ask you a direct question, by all means, answer it, but answer it briefly and finish that sentence before they can ask another question. Finish your sentence with a question. Yeah. So. Um, that's the best way to turn it around. So they come in, they sit you in that seat and they ask you that question. Great. Yeah. Okay. So here's a cliff notes version of me for the next 30 seconds. And by the way, how long have you guys been in business for? Because you're receptionary. look great. I'm really interested about what you do here. Yeah. Tell me what's different in, in this building compared to your competitors. Cause you guys look pretty special and I want to learn about that. And, and you know, outside of that, what's your experience in this industry? So then you've turned the tables and you can then start asking the questions again. So answer their question directly, but finish it with a question. I can't wait for my academy guys to go out there and to take this, this gem and to be able to go out and just start asking questions and to feel that feeling you feel when you're, you know you're in charge of the conversation because you're the one asking the questions. It's a really good feeling. Um, and it then, is. and you walk away, and they're like, oh, "I love that person." You know, like, it's really good. <laughs> it's, cool. great. it's exciting for everyone involved because yeah. it's such a simple thing. These sorts of relationships, it's such an old school thing that's been lost over the last, you know, thirty or forty years. We've lost the art of having conversations with people, and and as such, we've lost the lost the art of being able to develop those relationships. Um, but there's so much value to it in, in every sense. There's personal value to it that they can gain out of it. There's professional value to it and, and their businesses will grow exponentially because people will become invested in them and their businesses and they'll want to help. You know, your clients will want to refer business to you and they'll want to come back to you because they're invested in you. Um, and you can teach your staff the same thing. 
You know, if you've got guys working for you out on the job, teach them the same skills. Teach them how to talk to your clients and um, how to ask those questions and how to interact in that way so that everyone who um, comes across you in whatever whatever job you're doing for them feels elevated from their experience with you. Yeah. Um, and, and everything flows. Awesome. There. Cool. Sweet. So we've talked about uh, customer retention. We've talked a little bit about lead generation um, from the meeting, but like how about generating the leads? Like how, how do we go about finding people that actually want to use our services? Yeah, so cold calling, that <laughs> terrifying, daunting word that most people run and hide somewhere when I say cold calling because it can be a scary thing um, and you get two responses to it. You either get business owners who say, not, not doing that, that's awful. Um, I just They get too nervous and they can't comprehend it or the other one is they're like, oh, no, telemarketing, that's the worst when someone yeah. calls to sell. Um but you need to lead generate for yourself and a great client retention work plan will will elevate your business but you need to kickstart that with some lead generation you mm. can't you can't retain clients if you don't have them to begin with so yep. you need to get them from somewhere um, so you need to set out a plan of who your ideal client is and be really clear on that so for the electricians that I work with or have worked with in the past um, they're residential generally and there's usually two two to three, depending on their type of business, but two to three ideal client types. So you've got the direct business to consumer client, which is your your mum and dad residential houses and you want to do work with them. Um, and then your your golden geese, so to speak, the ones that are going to pay dividends and give you continual referrals, which are your real estate agents, your property managers, those sorts of people that can feed you fairly consistent work in that space. Um, so have a plan of the two different types that you want to you want to connect with um, and then you need to, to write a list and I'm all for planning. So you write a list then of say 10 of each and you might set a task every fortnight you contact 10 of each. So um, you do a bit of research, Google, um, yep. Facebook, wherever, you know, here are the 10 real estate agents I want to, I want to get in touch with over the next little bit. Um, and then I'm all for researching. So if you're going to cold call, Take the time, take the five minutes beforehand and do a bit of research before you would ever pick up that phone or front up in someone's office. So um, if you're cold calling to a real estate agency, for example, then take the time. Most real estate agencies are easy, easy to prospect to because they have all of their wealth on their website. So bring up their website before you go in. You then know who the business owner is. You then know who's running the property management team. You know who the people are that you need to ask for because there's nothing worse than walking in or picking up that phone and saying, oh, hi, it's Bill here from Electric X. Um, who, who's in your property management department? Who do I need to speak with because I'd like to do some work? Yeah. And you hear it. Like I, I've heard it. I've been that real estate agent that's picked up the phone and that had that conversation and gone, uh, no, we're not interested. Thanks. We've already got someone. Can I speak to the decision maker, please? Like, you got that one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes like two minutes. The information's there. Just just look for it. Um, and then you're calling with, in, with intent and with purpose. So um, if you're picking up the phone or you're walking into the office, you're saying, hey, can I talk to, to Megan? She's the property manager. Um, you know, I've heard some really great things about her and I'd love to meet her. Um if you can't get past the gatekeeper in that big one, because especially if you're working business to business, gatekeepers are, um, you know, renowned for being troublesome, <laughs> then my best my my best 
technique to get past that is to have that first phone call or first walk in if you can't get past then send an email directly to that person and once again if you're working in that sort of space contact details are easy to find if you're working with business owners or developers or something like that linkedin's often a great place to pull up pull an email address from so find an email address for who you want to talk to send them off it can be the most generic boring email you've ever seen in your life it really doesn't need to say anything exciting more than hey my name's bill from electric x um just wanting to touch base with you and have a conversation around getting to know each other, I'll touch base in a couple of days. Now, all that email is doing is being a tool for when you go to contact them next. Um, So what happens then is next time you pick up the phone or you walk into that office and you say, I want to talk to Megan, and they say, oh, well, she know what it's regarding. You say, yeah, yeah, we've just been emailing each other and I just want to touch base with her about that. You're then not looking to pitch. You're then continuing on a conversation with this particular person and you've got to pass the gatekeeper because if they think that you're there to, to talk about an email chain that's already been going on, they'll put you through. So that's just my little tip of avoiding a gatekeeper. Send an email and then you've got a reason to get past them, which is kind of cool. And then from there, it's a really simple thing and we're back to this relationship building. Don't ever start that conversation, oh, Megan, it's so great to to get to talk to you. I'm Bill from Electric X and I'd like to tell you about why you should be using our business because we've got some really great stuff and I'd like to work for your company. Worst thing ever because she just goes, I'm being sold to and I'm not interested. See you later. And she'll start (laughs) that conversation very quickly. So what you need to do is do what we're talking about when we were talking about clients before and you need to ask questions. Hey, Megan, I wanted to get in touch with you. So awesome to talk with you because I work within the the property space as an electrician and I've heard some really great things about your business and what I'd love to do is actually just get to know what you guys do there a little bit more and learn a bit more about about how you guys do business. Um, And most people in in any industry are going to get excited then. Oh, you want to know about us? You're not trying to sell something to me? You're interested in what we do? Um, And that first meeting that you have with her because 90% of the time she'll say, oh, yeah, all right, well, come in, we'll have a chat. That first meeting should be all about what we were talking about before. You're asking her questions about herself and about the business. And by the time that meeting finishes, she wants to meet with you again because she's just had the best, you know, half an hour conversation of her life because she feels so valued and so excited. And then that gets you the second meeting where you then get the opportunity to talk a little bit more about yourself. Yep. So good. Um, I just want to share a couple of experience around that to, to solidify the things that you just said. Um, yeah. So with the, the things that I found just exactly the same, just to let you guys know, I've never spoken to Mel before this talk, just because a lot of the stuff you're saying is <laughs> a lot of Literally a minute before we jumped yeah, on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing I found is if you get to the gatekeeper and they say, no, she's in a meeting or she's not here at the moment or unavailable, it's like, no problem. Can, do you mind if I just send through some information? And they go, yeah, no problem. And it's like, cool, what's her email? What's her email? It doesn't matter if it's her email or the, the email, whatever email they give you, then just send it to that because you're right. It doesn't matter. And they're not going to read it anyway 90% of the time. So it's just about the next phone call when you call up and you can get through. Um, with the, uh, the meeting, I love the tip around, you know, talk about their business and just that you want to find out more about them. That's so good to, to initiate that first meeting. I've got um, with some of the clients that we've coached, I, I really enjoy coaching them through this this meeting process and 
some of the stuff that you can do is a free like information session or you can do just a catch up to find out about their business and literally walk out of there not no sales pitch no talking about your business whatsoever like we were talking about before question 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 thanks so much for your time i really appreciate it i really enjoyed catching up with you see you later and you walk out because a lot of the times we've done meetings like that and the, you could see the pm sitting there like yeah and then he's going to pitch to us at the end like they're, they're following along going yeah we've had this before and then you literally walk out and don't say anything about your business they're like hold on wait what and um, so should we send through the, can you send through the, yeah, you know, they, they sort of like jump before I leave, you know. It's like, yeah. It's great. And, and so you would have heard me say just before when I was talking exactly what you were just saying, you know, when you get that second meeting and you will get that second meeting. If you follow that approach, you'll get that second meeting because they'll want to meet with you again because they felt so empowered by the meeting because you were interested in them. Yeah. Um, and so when you get that second meeting, it's about halfway through that second meeting, you finally earn your right to say some things about yourself. Because I, I talk about earning the right in these relationships. And until you've shown enough interest and you've built enough credibility in that, you don't have the right to pitch your own stuff. Um, so it, it, I usually say halfway through that second meeting, you should have then come far enough where you can comfortably drop in some stuff about what you do and how you do it well, and they'll be receptive to it. If you try and do it before then, they're not receptive to it and they'll see it as a sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. If not, they they will ask for information before you, you actually. And if um, they start asking for the information, yeah. that's great. Yeah. You've done your job. Cool. Um, just make sure you don't then completely flip it into a huge sales pitch. Yeah. Totally. All right, cool. So, Stan, I've got my, got my brochures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned this. Here's something yeah. I prepared. Yeah, yeah, spread. Um, <laughs> so um, let's let's come back to the cold calling. I know I, I still remember. I get so nervous. I was doing push-ups. Like the first time I ever did cold calling, I was push-up squats, like trying to get all pumped up for the call. And yeah. then I'd call up and I'd totally fumble it. Like, hi, hi um, blah, 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 and I wouldn't even, yeah, I was so nervous when I did it. So any tips around how to feel more empowered within ourselves and more confident to just go and, and give that a go? Yeah. So I guess remembering that um, exactly what we were talking about before when you're sitting in the car before you do a quote for someone, obviously that's a lead that's already come in. You know you're going into quote and I say, you know, change the perspective on that it's not oh will I get this quote it's awesome I get to go and learn about someone else here same sort of thing when you're doing lead generation you're just creating opportunities to learn about people learn about their businesses learn about who they are so when you're picking up that phone it's not a nervous thing of oh can I impress this person and maybe get some business out of them it's you know am I able to get to have a chat with this person and learn some awesome stuff? And if I don't, cool, I'll try again next week. And if I do, great, I get to learn some stuff about this person. And, you know, if they're interesting enough and, and I'm interested enough, then maybe at some point I can talk about me too. Um, so it's changing that perspective. And then the other thing is practice. It's No one is natural at this stuff yeah. the first time, out, first time out the rank. It's, you know, that first few times you pick up the phone, even if you have the right perspective and you're thinking about it from a, uh, you know, really interested to learn about someone's point of view, it's still going to be nerve-wracking. So acknowledge that. You're not alone in that. Everyone gets those, those few butterflies and um, fumbles over the first couple because 
practice is, they say, practice makes perfect, and it does in any of these situations. I've been doing this almost my whole life, which is quite some time now. I won't say, but my career has spanned well over 20 years now, and I've done this a lot. I've, I've prospected in real estate. I've prospected for other companies in business development roles. I've done a lot of cold calling in my time, and I still get flutters here and there kind of feeling nervous about the process. So it is normal and acknowledge that it's normal to feel that way, but you will get more comfortable the more you do it. So you'll get better at asking these questions. Sometimes if I'm feeling really overwhelmed about about that, I'll actually just write down a few of those questions. Now, I don't look at those when I'm making the calls or I don't look, look at those, you know, on a notepad if I'm walking in to talk to someone directly, but I just find writing them out before I go and have one of those call sessions, you know, I'm going to you know, hope to ask X, Y, and Z. Yeah. These are the questions that I'd like to ask. Just putting them down and writing them out just makes them go, okay, so that's pretty clear in my head. I know the sorts of questions I want to ask now and I feel a little bit better about picking up that phone and making that first call. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. So rip the Band-Aid off, get out of the comfort zone and just start making the calls. Yeah, totally. And um, I think that with the... Um, with those calls as well, like just putting, like you said, like putting those questions down, I, I totally resonate with that as well. Like you don't have to look at them. You shouldn't look at them. As soon as no. you start looking at them, you're like, oh, what was that next question? <laughs> don't take them in with you. <laughs> no, not at all. But sometimes just writing them down just in that, you know, 10 minutes before you make the calls or 10 minutes before you walk into somewhere, it, it just helps you get it clear in your head. Okay, right. Yeah. Centered myself. That was, you know, the line of what I want to say. And then it's fresh in your head. That that question is sort of hovering around in that that space in your head there where you know it's fresh, it's there, ready to be grabbed and, and utilised. Yeah, Vers- um, versus scripts. Like scripts are chunky, they're hard to follow, things get thrown in that you're not expecting, it throws you off. Like bullet, bullet points, yeah, totally. Yeah. And before we move Absolutely. on, I just want to talk about um, how you were saying small wins um, with uh, instead of going for the conversion, which means that you pro- from cold calling, you're probably going to fail 98% of the time on a conversion. Um, but if you go for just learning from them, then you can win 100% of the time. You know, it's you know near 100, so it, it's a lot more satisfying. Absolutely. And you walk away feeling good because, you know, you, you've picked up the phone, you've had a conversation with someone, you've learned something about them. But the thing I always um, I always aim for if I'm doing cold calling for one of my clients is that I always aim for another action. So if I can finish any conversation with another action lined up, then I know I'm sweet. So, um, you know, I might have in mind my ultimate here is to get face-to-face with someone. I'd like to meet with them face-to-face and have that conversation. That's the ultimate action I'd like out of this phone call. But you know what, if I don't get that, then I'm going to plan to call them again or I'm going to plan to email them. So before I hang up that phone, regardless of what I've learned about them and being excited about that, it's, you know, this has been so awesome. I'd love to get face-to-face with you. Now, if they're not receptive to that, you know, you probably just haven't asked enough questions. So that's fine. You know, you ask another question or two and then you scale it back. That's so cool. I, I've loved chatting with you. I'm going to give you another buzz next week because I'd like to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. Give us a call next week and we'll have another chat. You know, if you can't get there or you're not confident to ask for another call, then it's that's I've loved talking to you today and, and I'd love to, you know, start to converse a little bit more. I'll send you through an email so you've got my contact details. So you always plan for another action. So finish any 
call that you're making or any cold call that you're making with another action so that you've got a reason to then continue continue talking to them, whether it's via email, via text, by the phone or face-to-face. You've got a reason to continue it. So finish every call with the plan for another action. Nice. Good tip. So uh, is there anything else on uh, that we haven't covered yet before? Because I'd love to go into like some of the mistakes you see people, like I really love talking about where people go wrong uh, because it's a great way to teach people what not to do. So, yeah, but is there anything absolutely. else? Because I feel like we've covered so much good stuff, but is there anything else that comes to mind before good, we move there's, on? There's so much of it and <laughs> I talk for days. Yeah. <laughs> this sort of stuff. So I'm, um, there's nothing else I think that's, you know, jumping out that we haven't mentioned. So I'm happy to talk about the, um, the, the don'ts. Yeah, let's oh, talk yeah. about the don'ts. Let's do that. Let's do the don'ts. Do the day. And I, I will say, everyone, like he is really putting me on the spot here. I didn't get a list of anything we're talking about part of here. So this is all Mel's off the cuff um, advice. You're, you're doing awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Pulling it together. So the don'ts, the big ones. We, we've already talked about the biggest no-no in any situation, whether you're face-to-face or you're on the phone, and that's getting up, talking about yourself. Um, it's the quickest way to switch someone off. No, sorry. I'll take that back a step. The quickest way to switch someone off is to sell to them. From the moment you pick up that phone or you you speak to them face-to-face, it's to start to sell to them. So, you know, you've turned up for a face-to-face appointment with Megan. Hey, Megan, I'm Bill from Electric X. So we've got a really great deal on at the moment where if you get your house rewired, then we'll throw in this and, um, you know, if you can tell all of your your landlords about this then you know we'll do a good deal for you and she's already glazing over (laughs) talking to you at all because she doesn't know who you are she's not interested in what you're selling and it doesn't matter if you know you genuinely believe that is the best deal in the world and it could be the best deal in the world like you could be giving her this stuff for 10 percent of what it should cost and it is a great deal doesn't mean she's ever going to be receptive to it because you haven't earned the right to tell her that stuff. So that's the biggest, biggest mistake I see is someone getting really excited about what they can offer and going in all guns blazing with what that is. And it's an easy thing to do because we're all passionate about what we do. We don't do what we do and we don't try and improve on what we do if we're not passionate about it. Um, So it's easy to get caught up in that sometimes. So you have to remind yourself constantly, I haven't earned the right to have that conversation yet. So don't do that. Don't talk to them. Um, and then the second the second one is the too much talking about yourself. So, um, and it, that comes back to not earning the right to do that either. Sometimes we get, I have seen my clients, and this is often the first thing we need to correct, where I've taught them not to go in and, and sell and not to go in and pitch for their business. So instead they go in and talk about themselves. And what, the, what happens there is that they'll go in and start a conversation, whether it's on the phone or in person, makes no difference. They'll ask them one or two questions about themselves and they start talking, you know, oh, yeah, I've got two kids. And they go, oh, yeah, I've got two kids as well. Oh. And that person goes, oh, cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So my kids are, um, you know, eight and four and they're doing this. And then they start on this tangent about their kids and, and talking about themselves because it's led to it's led to that. And instead of remembering to then lead it back to more questions yeah. and they get caught up talking about themselves in that sense. So that's the other big no. Yep. Um, I think the other one that I've seen that I've had to correct a few times with a few clients 
is trying to sell them on other things. So you get caught up in not wanting to sell your business and not wanting to talk about yourself that um, you forget to respect some some lines in the sand as far as religion and politics and things like that. So um, you often talk about at dinner parties, those sorts of things are the things you wouldn't talk about at a dinner party because it makes people uncomfortable. It does in a business sense too. So I've seen it happen a lot and I've been on the the receiving end of that a bit too, where people aren't talking about their businesses so much, but they will lead into talking about politics or religion or any of those sorts of things, and it's just not a cool space. So make sure that at any point you steer conversation away from away from that. Yeah, on that, uh, I think if we're doing our jobs well as being a good, you know, uh, listener and quest- questioner or interviewer, interviewer. Uh, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to effectively interview our clients when we're going to the job or to their office or whatever. And so to do that, we don't talk about ourselves at all. So if it's a religious thing or if it's politics, you're allowed to ask questions. Don't You don't need to say at all ever about your point of view or your beliefs. So yeah. th- there's no point. As soon as you do start to say your beliefs, you potentially could compromise the relationship with a few Very, wo- with a few words, you know? yeah, yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen that happen really frequently and really innocently. And I've got, you know, I'm I'm absolutely all for anyone being able to, you know, believe in what they believe in or or do what they want to do in any of those spaces. Um, but you leave yourself wide open to risk if you start bringing that into a professional context, um, because you just don't know the other person's experience or beliefs on the other side, and you can really build a very quick wall between you and them. Um, by letting the conversation go down that line. Definitely. I uh, love it. Good tip. Yeah. All right. So They're the big ones, I think. They're, yeah. the, they're the main ones. I just, I just feel like we've covered so many good things in this meeting. Like I feel there's so much value provided today, Mel. I think so grateful for you coming on and sharing uh, your experiences. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we finish up? No, I think um, that's pretty much it. It's setting out a plan for these things. So, you know, making sure you take the time to write some questions. What is a lead generation plan going to look like for you? And I'm not talking about scripts here. I'm just talking about, you know, if if I make the first call and I get stopped there, then I'm going to send an email and I'm going to make a second call. Um, So if you have that plan set out, then you know that they're the actions you need to follow and it's much easier to follow that process It's the same when we were talking about client retention. Just make sure you have a plan in place. So put those tasks down, put a date against when you're going to call back and follow it through so that you know that you're not skipping those things and it doesn't get six months down the line. You think, oh, I never called that person and now it's too big and too hard and I won't worry about it. Um, So, you know, if you fail to plan, then you you plan to fail, then that, that'll be what happens. So <laughs> make sure that you put those plans in place and, and you follow them through. And I'm certainly happy to, to chat with anyone, and I'm sure you are too, about um, setting setting the right plans in place to follow through. Awesome. And if anyone wants to reach out to Mel, do so at Soul Business Mel, uh, Development. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome to be here. Cool. Thanks, Mel.